This is an Authors on the Air Global Radio Network production. All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Writers Showcase podcast. And I am your host, H.M. Gooden, the author of the Rise of the Light trilogy and many more. And I'm joined today by the Calgarian Mark Watson, who has several projects on the go. Hello, thank you very much for well, having me on today. I'm very excited to have you with us. And why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? I would love to. Uh, so as you said, my name is Mark Watson. I am a Calgary, Alberta based author. I have lived in Calgary since ooh, 1998. Before that, I was born and raised in Southern Ontario. And I primarily write genre fiction so science fiction fantasy mm-hmm. and my du- duology is science fantasy and i will defend that that classification some people are like well it's got to be one or the other i'm like no it doesn't and i'm going to stick with it i would like to actually ask you a little bit about science fantasy because i don't think i've heard of that one before yeah uh, Science fantasy, it's actually somewhat common and most people will normally try and pigeonhole it in one or the other and they're not completely wrong to do that. But science fantasy is that combination of science fiction and and futuristic and technological elements and for the lack of a better term, magical elements and the fantasy kind of tropes that we've grown accustomed to by this point. So in my Catching Hell duology, they very much splits. There's two protagonists and something terrible happens to them and they split in two different directions and one goes into the world of the kind of technological and the futuristic and the other one into the world of magic and fantasy and the story is about them having to come back together. So I like to kind of paddle in that pool a little bit. I took Mm -hmm. a lot of inspiration from things like the Shannara series. If, if you okay. read the entire Terry Brooks Shannara series, it is very much science fantasy. It takes place mm-hmm. in the future. At some point, there's robots and those kinds of things, right? Like it's so kind of Andre Norton, Nancy. Yeah, Krupp. that one I'm not sure. That one I'm not. Nancy Crest wrote Beggars in Spain, and it was all about engineering children. So they have basically special abilities. So it kind of crosses that line as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like all, all the fantasy kind of elements of the story, I very loosely, and I, and I emphasize the very loosely, base on a scientific principle or premise of some kind. So mm-hmm. that way it's not completely, it, it's not just magic for the sake of magic and that kind of thing. It, it, it is grounded, but it is a fanciful grounding, but that's why we have fun doing what we do because we can do things like that. And really, you're writing the story, so you can do whatever you want. That's exactly right. You can't, you can't pigeonhole my story. In your mind, then it's totally fine. Exactly, exactly, and that, and that's exactly why we do it because we want to tell the stories we haven't heard before. Well, exactly. I mean, who wants to tell the same story? No, exactly. I, I'll adopt the tropes. I love the tropes, but tropes are fun. Yeah, they there's can a, re- be a bit of a roadmap. They can, they can. There's a reason that we like them. There's a reason that they're tropes and that they keep getting repeated because they're what the reader enjoys and they're what we enjoy writing. So there's no, there's no harm in leaning into them just so long as you don't rely on them. So what would you say that you do differently than relying on a trope? I very much like to try and create characters that are 
vast shades of gray. Uh, it, it is a little bit more popular lately, particularly I've noticed with the the rise in popularity of the things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where they don't just want a bad guy for the sake of a bad guy. You're going to give them a backstory. You're going to make them a little bit more empathetic. Mm-hmm. However, ev- I like to try and say that even the good guys are the shades of gray. Y- you start cheering for them because that's the way that we craft stories. But I don't mind if by the end of it, you're like, should I have been doing that? It's it's kind of like, uh, like I want to try and make you uncomfortable with it. So I don't follow that trope of here's the good guy. Here's the bad mm-hmm. guy. And, and now we have that epic clash of, of, of the classic protagonist and antagonist. I, I very much try to avoid doing that as much as I can, but I also recognize the fact that that's what makes a good story, especially a good adventure story. So you kind of have to have an element of that anyway. Well, and you need an element for your hero to fight against, whether that's nature or their dog who keeps eating their steak or whatever you're doing, right? Exactly. Exactly right. Exactly. That's why we... That's why we do these stories. So it's yeah. it's not something that I actively try to avoid, but it is something that I try and twist a little bit to make myself mm-hmm. more comfortable with it and try and stand out a bit more. And also to make it something that people could relate to, because if you, you know, if everybody's either perfect or evil, yeah, I mean, it's very black and white and, and that's not what life is like. It, it's true. And we have enough of those stories. We have a lot of those stories. Disney had that market cornered for a very long time. Like here, here's here's good That's and here's bad. Man. They started so that, telling the other side. They start telling the other side. Although mm-hmm. I will say that I'm very curious how they're going to do Cruella because Maleficent you, was very vague. Cruella is oh, still a, crazy. Cruella is still yeah. an insane puppy murderer. So it's very difficult to try and put a positive spin on that one. Oh, I empathize with the puppy murderer. Uh, but uh, uh, I don't know if you're supposed to empathize. Em- em- I can't even say it right now. Emphasize with her. But I think she's more of that Harley Quinn kind of character. In fact, it might be the same actress. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not, but very similar, and, I, and mm. someone that I've seen play very similar roles. So I, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They can afford far better writers than what my brain can come up with. So I'm going to trust oh. them on this one. I think but, it's not about better writers; special effects. That's perhaps this one yeah. might be a bit more grounded, though. We'll have to see. Maybe it's I did see really... the, the one preview scene where her dress like burst into flames. I was like, yes. "Now that's fashion." yes exactly (laughs) so if um you know if you like to write in the shades of gray i guess the the question that would naturally go with that would be why do you write is it because you feel the need to kind of walk between those lines well i already kind of touched on it and it's that i want to write the stories that i enjoy that have characters that i enjoy or that I love to hate, which is also a thing that is absolutely possible. And I want to put new stories out there, but stories that people can relate to and stories that people can understand and have fun with. And also, I'm not doing anything else. Like, uh, it's a great way to fill time. I'm the first to admit that I'm not looking to be a writer full time, but Mm -hmm. it is a wonderful, serious i'll I'll give it serious mm-hmm. hobby that i have that's mm-hmm. that 
makes me feel good when I put something out there that somebody reads and is like, man, this, this is really good. Or they tell me that they hate it and they tell me why. I am open to all criticisms. Well, and I see on your webpage, uh, you had a video. It's about mm -hmm. 10 minutes long. I think it was around January. Yeah. And you were talking about the cabin by the woods. And when you started, yes. like, I want that. But mostly because then there's silence. And I miss silence. I have two. Oh, my Yes, and dogs exactly. and cats and partridge in a pear tree but yeah. uh but that isn't your style that is definitely not what you say you're doing that's true that's true what you're kind of alluding to is the in in the video i talked about and it's something that i've talked about before with some people just because for one thing it kind of elicits a response from the writing community mm -hmm. you're either with it or against it there's no real on the fence and that is that i don't want to do this full time and a lot of people that i've spoken with in the writing community have that quintessential cabin in the woods sitting next to a lake and they're sitting there on their oak writing desk and it all sounds so good <laughs> they, they they have their coffee in the morning and a wine or whiskey at night and the, and they just sit there and they craft absolute masterworks of art on paper and that is not me at all. And I respect anybody who wants to do that. If that is your dream, there are people with far more education and more skin in this game than what I've got. And I admit that. But I I, I don't want that for myself. At least I don't right now. But it, it's been a number of years since I got into writing kind of wholeheartedly, I'll say. Mm -hmm. And my opinion on it hasn't changed. The life and the world around us has changed. But uh, I still honestly say if I had that cabin by the lake, I'd be fishing or out paddling or I'd be in a canoe somewhere or I'd, go, I'd be out hiking or I'd be exhausting myself. So someday when maybe those things aren't possible, I might change my tune. But right now, if I have the time to do those things, then I'm going to do those before I'm going to write. Writing fills a certain void in my life and I'm happy with how much it fills right now and mm -hmm. where it fills those voids. And I don't, I don't need to strive for that ultimate goal of the quintessential writer that you picture when you imagine that that scenario I painted for you a moment ago. Well, and, and I find for some writers and for myself, I love my day job. I have no intention of leaving it for, you know, another 10 or 15, whatever. Um, and some of my best ideas come from my real world life. Yeah. And I, I think my big concern would be if I were one of those. And no, I still want the cabin though. Like, yeah, I, oh, I, I'm not saying anything bad about the cabin. It's, it's just the intention <laughs> of the cabin but that I tend to. I would not want to be there all nice. the time because I would, I'd probably start talking to the squirrels. Um, but <laughs> it's really hard to write realistic dialogue and scenarios about people if you're in a cabin by yourself in the woods. It, it very much is. And I have read a lot of books that were absolutely kind of written in that cabin, or at <laughs> least the mindset of that cabin. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy those books, but you can tell which ones were. You can tell which ones were absolutely somebody sitting down Normally, whenever I'm reading it, it's like someone who I would consider a master of the craft mm -hmm. who is sitting there finely articulating every single word and every every single sentence and paragraph is so perfectly chosen 
And that's fantastic. And they can have their Pulitzer Prizes. I am not in that market. And that's okay. And a lot of us aren't. But no, I can I, tell. I want to write entertaining stories that don't make me cry. And there's happy endings because my real world doesn't have very many happy endings. So it's nice to make your own. They're escapism. And yeah. some of us take that escapism a little bit more seriously than others. And that's the so, fantasy and the sci-fi part. I mean, exactly. I it's, do not want to go to space ever. That's a horrible idea. I'd go to space. I'd go to space. I think. No. I think if that it, happens. I, I'm. I'm one of those. Yeah, sure. Sign me up. Whatever. Uh, it, it's one of those other things that gets a small amount of blowback in conversation. The uh, well, it's, it's only one more step until they're like injecting chips in our brains and telling us stuff. Like, done so, that. so do we do we sign up for these chips or is it like a waiting list or I like? Just like think that's what a smartphone was. Well, that's exactly it, I mean, right? Like if if you could in install that so that way there's a heads up display in my eye and maybe a microphone in my I mouth. I mean, they've got those glasses. I've seen them. Exactly right. Like I wear contact lenses. If you could just incorporate it into that somehow, that'd be great. I think they uh, made that already. It's just I can't afford that. Yeah, exactly. And, and my eyes are too dry now to wear contacts. So. <laughs> and then there's that. But yeah, like those kinds of things I've always jumped on board. So if somebody was like, yeah, you know, we've tested a little bit. We're past the introductory stage. Do you want to go to space? I'd say um, window or aisle. That See, I'm great. going to space the same way I'm jumping out of a plane. If the plane or the earth are on fire or going to explode. That's how I'm okay. going. I'm like, okay. okay, this is the safer option. Sure. That's how I do that. that yeah. And <laughs> I completely understand the sentiment. I am in the minority when it comes to these kinds of things. It, it's Some of my family's into it. I'm like, I'll, I'll miss you. Bye. Yeah, exactly. I'll take pictures of the rocket as it blasts yeah, off. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Got more family. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> So do any of your books go into space? You mentioned you have some collections, including short stories. I do have a short story collection that mm -hmm. was released late last year. However, none of it goes to space. Mm -hmm. On the topic of space, I will say that I do have one story. Mm -hmm. And it was released in a collection that was put together by the Imaginative Fiction Writers Association. They are a group here based in Calgary, but they have members all across Canada. And I am very thankful to be a member of that group. And every year at about the time of our annual conference, When Words Collide, they release... Mm -hmm. A, a book called Enigma Front, and they, okay. it was up to their fifth Enigma Front, and things have taken a pause because we haven't had any conferences. What a surprise! Although and there is one this year, August twelfth and thirteenth. There, the, and free. there is, and it is virtual and free. You're right, and we had that last year as well, and I thought it was a rousing success. However, because there was no physical event going on, there was no physical book release, so they didn't release a new Enigma Front. So the most recent Enigma Front was. Enigma Front 5, The Stories We Hide, and in there I was lucky enough to be selected to be one of the authors for it, and I have a pure science fiction, 100% in-space science fiction story in there called Highlight Hard Case, and that is the one and only pure in-space, straight-up science fiction story I have ever written. Okay, so everything is futuristic, but not in space. Exactly, exactly. Right. And you mentioned earlier that you also just released one of your books in an audio format. I did. I got to release my debut novel, Death Dresses Poorly, which is an urban fantasy dark comedy, I like to call it. See, I, I don't... What kind of book is this? It's a romance. That's not who mm -hmm. I am either. I'm going to 
throw a whole bunch of well, adjectives on it. Well, fantasy doesn't need the happily ever after, so you don't have to call it a romance. That's true. That's true. So I did Death Dresses Poorly as an audiobook, and it's one of those things that we're, we're all kind of developing pandemic skills, like little things. I'm which... crocheting like crazy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I like to say I learned how to pick locks, and I now know Ooh. how to fix watches. I can speak and write Japanese, and I recorded Ooh. my own audiobook. Wow. So... So that's where that kind of came from. I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to see what I could do with it. And I wanted to do it with my first novel because it's what I call my most personal. Mm. It is two characters bouncing off of one another who are very much based on versions of myself. And I felt if there was something that I could bring to any of my stories, that one would get the most out of me because it's very dialogue heavy. It's mm -hmm. very three beat comedy kind of thing. So I know where those breaks should be. I know what I was intending by putting this comma right where I did when it comes to trying to deliver the punchline, uh, as it were, it is still a dark comedy. But I, I wanted to record that. So I invested in the equipment and mm -hmm. I, I That's went to the fancy like, <laughs> yeah, right. thing there. I mean, it looks oh. great. I love it. And I took inspiration from my son who streams video games as they all kind of do now these days. And and he had a setup very similar. And I'm like, this is pretty slick, man. And it yeah. wasn't it wasn't disgustingly expensive. Like it was quite reasonable for what it like. I'm, I'm not looking for absolute cracking highest of quality, but, you know, I want to put the effort into it. And and I did so. And so then I went to the the University of YouTube when it comes to learning how there. to master things on yeah mm -hmm. yeah we're, we all have a doctorate in something from youtube oh my goodness and, uh, and yeah I, not good doctorate for me no but. oh no not at all like <laughs> whatever it is i fix based on a youtube video i've broken two other things and then youtube just keeps getting me to watch more videos so that way i'll fix those things i'm great at taking things apart yeah oh yeah that's yeah, yeah, fun <laughs> that's like demo it's the most fun of the renovation right always 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 and you, and you don't you don't care because you're like that's okay to destroy it oh i gotta put it back together oh who do i Maybe hire I to do that looked at the order i took it apart nah, no yeah. come to that later but yeah, yeah but yeah you're absolutely right it, it it the destruction is more fun it's so, always so, more fun so you i know, uh, I was just saying so that I, I've learned how to master things and produce things on mm. YouTube and read it, went to a bunch of websites as far as getting things up on Audible and, and submitting mm -hmm. to ACX. And I wanted it's to also... Wide? Like it's available everywhere it, right now? It is yeah, it is available everywhere right now, yes. And I wanted to make sure that I did that with my original publisher. My, mm -hmm. I, I've had two publishers in my life for different stories and... The publisher of my first novel is a publisher called Fluky Fiction out of Maine. And we have a wonderful partnership and I love working with them. And I went to them and said, I want to do this audiobook, but I'd like to make sure that it's released through you guys and yeah. we can do this together. And they're like, well, you don't really have to. Like, like we don't we own take a look it. At the, yeah, like we, we can yeah. look at the contract and whatever, but you can do whatever you want with it. I'm like, well, if it's okay with you guys, I want to release it with you. And they're like, yeah, sure, absolutely. So then we partnered up on that, and 
I spent a long time in my closet. Now I, I, I like soundproofed it as best I could. And yeah, then, and I had the, it was, it was a ton of fun being able to record that. I look forward to doing more. How long uh, did it take you? Like how long was the book and how long did it take you to do the recordings? The book itself is about 46, 47,000 words. So not okay. huge. So a shorter like to, size. Yeah. It, it, is, it is shorter. And I like to call it a weekend read. You pick it up on a Friday. Like you can, the rye length, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So and just as socially important. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's all about the dialogue, right? It yeah. is. That's exactly right. <laughs> It's it's my secret inspiration, not, awesome. not really. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, if they count 40 and up a story, that counts, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I spent, I was working this out the other day. I believe it was between six and seven hours recording it for what ended up being about four and a half hours worth of finished product. So it's really quick. That's good. I was, I was really pleased with how that went. And now you also have to kind of factor in the time spent mastering it and cutting it and making yeah, sure it's another hundred hours. Yeah. It, it and yeah. even that it wasn't that bad. I got into a groove. I really did kind of get into a groove where I could get through like a a, a chapter in an evening. It wasn't that okay. bad with without like I, I'm I'm a busy dad and husband and I want to make sure that my wife and kids get yes. their share of time. So, and you work full time. And I work full time. And much oh, like yourself, I love my full time job and I love the people nice. there. It's, it's, so it's much nice feeling. You get to create on the side and work at something you enjoy. Exactly. So, I mean, so we have we have everything we need. Absolutely. And, and yeah, so I just spent a, a few evenings or days when I was at home and I could sit down and smash out like an hour's worth of work on my laptop and and it came together very very well. I'd finish off the chapters, I'd send it to the publisher who'd upload it for me and then it's all done and it's been out and by all accounts that I can measure, it's been a rousing success. Probably the most successful launch of a product that I've had in, so far since I started this crazy journey back in 2016. So, yeah, I, no complaints. And now you mentioned these are your first publishers and they're doing your first book. And it's now your first audiobook. But mm -hmm. you also had another release. Are you going through them for that one? I did have another release. Uh, I have I've released four books. I'll start by saying that. So Death Dresses Poorly was my first one, and mm -hmm. it was my first release, but it wasn't my first book. My first book was my science fantasy duology, Catching Hell. There's part okay. one journey and part two destination. I wrote that first, and I had that actually picked up by a publisher first. Mm -hmm. However, due to the weird nature of release windows publishing in general <laughs> exactly the second book that i had which was death dresses poorly was picked up by fluky fiction and they had a smaller like a shorter release window mm -hmm. so it actually ended up coming out first even though this catching hell was following pretty close behind i released a lot of books in a short period of time which was was not great but there's a reason behind why that happened to all of them that i'm I'm not going to back down from it was the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like you mentioned, the scheduling windows themselves, if you're going with different people, you, I mean, you started writing probably a year or two before those books came out. So uh, I, I started writing catching hell. We're going to go back to the early two thousands for when I first kind of put, when I first started typing. And I'll tell you that I, I actually started writing that while 
working at a job where I had some free time and I was writing it on a Palm Pilot of all things, where I had a oh. fold out keyboard. I had it one worked out, It worked out really well. It had great word processing software on it. Ooh. And I would write on that until I could finally transfer it over when I, when I graduated to a laptop. <sighs> and so it, it, that came together focusing on it. It took about five years, but I will say that it took significantly longer if you're going back to when I first started writing that. So it's, it had an interesting journey because I had part one and part two both released in 2018. Mm. And then last year, the publisher who no longer exists, spoiler alert, said that they were not going to exist anymore. And we're going to sell our imprint to somebody else. Now, what they had said was this new imprint is going to take all of our books, carte blanche. All you have to do is sign a new contract with this new one. So I, I was, happy with that because mm-hmm. I didn't have to do any extra work. I'm basically right. following the same plan and moving over to this other company. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I started looking into them, nothing against the company themselves. They, they weren't doing anything bad or shady. Mm-hmm. They just, they weren't what I was looking for gotcha. in my publisher. And I had had enough experience with the previous one to know that even some of the things that they were doing, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite, but I was still young and fresh in the writing world. And I, completely appreciate what it was that they did for me and how they did mm-hmm. it. So I kind of was joking around on Twitter one time, like, Hey, I, uh, I was taking like a poll, like, would you guys do this? I, I have a great kind of cultivated Twitter. Yeah. Twitter, Twitter verse. I don't know. And that's what they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't, I don't let my Twitter verse expand beyond the writing community. I have a personal mm-hmm. one that has very little traction. And then I have my regular one, which gets enough and and a lot of them are like oh i just take just take the money and run man just go to the new one but then my previous publisher kind of jokingly chimed in like hey how's it going i'm like hello okay but all, all jokes aside are you guys serious and they're like we like working with you and we know that this has been released before we'll set our expectations accordingly we'd like to give it a new cover and have Mm -hmm. our editors go over it and because it needed a better editing the first one the first one was the best i could do at the time there's always squirrels they just show up in there and like and the act of like getting rid of squirrels introduces new squirrels so it's not you yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so i i furthered the conversation with them and here we are now. And now it is going to be re-released. So anybody who goes to the website or follows me on social media will now know that on May 25th, Catching Hell Part 1 Journey will be re-released with a fluky fiction coat of paint. And I get to work with them again. And as I said before, I I love working with them. Their philosophy on what they want to publish and how they want to publish matches smashingly with what I want to write and how I want to write. So, so hopefully it's will all of your books then be with them now. The the second one will hopefully come out as soon as we we work that out. We have a mm-hmm. we, a handshake gentleman's agreement that will get working on that one shortly. And other than that my other release is Between Conversations Tales from the World of Reunion. That's my short story collection and that one I did on my own. I, I again a oh. pandemic COVID skills i i chose to go it alone that time and just kind of experience that world and again it was 
not as imposing as I thought it would be. And it's the by, part. Yeah. by every measure that I can give it, it was successful. So yeah. I have no complaints there and, and still does quite well for me because it's, it's getting a little bit of traction because I was trying to jump on the Aurora Awards, mm. which were, yes. which were just the process for voting for those was just, and I was in three of those categories, whether I make yeah. it or not, I'm not sure, but I'm like, just, just the ability to push Exactly. And they're okay. unlike previous years where I had like multiple short stories and I just like, yeah. I'm doing short stories twice. I didn't focus on one, but this time I'm in three different categories. So do it all. Exactly. And, right. and yeah, so that, that's been a ton of fun and maybe one day I'll come back to that purely independent self-publishing book. Right mm -hmm. now I love working with Lukey. Well, that sounds awesome. So you said that one's coming out on the 25th mm -hmm. and then the other ones are all available through Fluky Fiction though. So yeah, so the audiobook is available and the, my first release is through through them and the second Catching Hell will will come through them given time. Like we just have to work that out. I'm not going to slam both myself and my publicist no. by releasing them both so close yeah. and with no warning like I did last time. Yeah. A, little, a little bit of time this time. It's just nice to, to sleep in between books, you know. Exactly. And that I released three books in less than one calendar year between end of yeah. 2017 and the end of 2018. So I, that's, I'm that's not going to do that again. Yeah, I, uh, I, I took last year kind of like low key, but yeah. 2019 was, I got involved in some partnerships. And I was like, how many books came out? I didn't know what was happening. So it is nice to kind of take a breather and, mm -hmm. and just enjoy them. And um so are you working on something new then? Because it sounds like you've just sort of lined things up. I'm always working on something new, but I haven't been fully committed to anything. Up until a little while ago, I like to try and just let people know that over the course of this pandemic, if we go back, mm. if we go back that year plus, if we're go taking it back to the middle of March from last year. Yeah, March 17th, the, I think is when they sent the kids home. It is. And it was March 14th that I was watching the basketball game that kind of started the snowball, at least as I, I don't know why, even why I was watching that. Uh, it was it was a game between two teams that I don't even follow or care about. But Mm -hmm. I just have to have like sports in the background as stereotypical as that is of me. And I put it on and it's like, it's canceled. And, blah, and then the next day, everything else started getting canceled. And then as you say, shortly after that, the kids were home and, mm -hmm. and then nobody was doing anything. And then nobody was doing anything. And I was definitely, <laughs> I was definitely not writing is, is what I'm getting to. I, for the longest time had only written about 5,000 words. And even then I wasn't super hooked on it. Uh, it, yeah. it was more out of necessity. It was uh, sanity break. I should probably I should probably just write something like yeah. that's what we do right that's what we're supposed to do but I will say in the last month I was kind of inspired by some downtime that I had at work where I was doing I was doing my job I'm not mm -hmm. I'm not going to go on on record no, and say I wasn't doing it but, but, but there were parts of it that weren't terribly mentally stimulating and I really started to get into that writing zone again so I've actually been able to to churn out a good chunk of the Catching Hell duology sequel. Ooh. So that's... What's a sequel to a duology? Another duology. <laughs> and then is it like quaternary structure? Like no. 
very no, sci-fi. It, it's just the it's just the way that <laughs> when I first wrote Catching Hell, Catching Hell itself was one single book. And mm -hmm. in talking to a lot of editors and people in the industry at the time, they were like, it's it's good, but yeah. most publishers are not going to be picking up a quarter of a million words for a debut unknown Ooh. author. Yeah, a little like, bit long. A little bit long. And there was a very natural break in it not quite halfway but close enough that i'll call it halfway mm -hmm. and with very little tweaking and very little additions or subtractions i was able to turn it into a duology that i was very comfortable with and and Perfect. seems to it seems to have been received much better in that form so and and definitely with um i mean there are some game of thrones tolkien giant you know, yes. quarter million people out there. But in general, I think most people like their books 50 to 100,000 to kind it's, of read it in a period of time that they remember the beginning. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and and fan fantasy, I find, gets a little bit more leeway there. You can usually little, find 100 is not. Yeah. yeah. And even in what you're mentioning, Tolkien and Martin both wrote a lot of much shorter things before yeah. they ever got around to their to oh, their yeah. monstrosities, right? Yeah. So it, it wasn't one of those things where I could just come out of the gate like, I am the greatest science fantasy writer that you have ever seen and everybody demands this book. I, I was far older and more realistic about my expectations about it. And I, 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 I believe that it could work much better as a duology and as you said mm -hmm. you can you can take it in chunks and you can digest it a little bit easier that way and and it really worked out so now i'm intentionally writing a duology because i have the the story beats in my mind okay. and I'm, I'm not going to be blindsided by the nobody's getting a quarter million word thing again so <laughs> Hopefully, ho hopefully it it works out. I am, as I said, still inspired to write it. I was writing some on it today, right. and I was really happy with it. So, yeah, it. So it, maybe it, this it, time next year. Maybe the first, as I said, the first one took me five years, but it was a yeah. it was a different place. It was a different place yeah. when I wrote that in the first place, and that was a year of writing and at least four years of rereading and re-editing and going back and forth. And I'm not going to say I was 100% committed to it in that time, but I, uh, it was healthy. I was getting it out to beta readers, and I was yeah. I was discussing plot points with people, and like I, it was active in my mind and. It was because of that, and because it had lived in my mind for so long, that I wrote Death Dresses Poorly, I, and I smashed, I say smashed, um, I wrote and edited Death Dresses Poorly in six weeks. So yeah, it, and so it does speed up. <laughs> and it was Five a palate cleanser. It was a palate cleanser because I, yeah. I was just so sick of, as much as I love the characters and the story and everything, I was just so sick of it that I'm like, I'm doing something totally different. Totally different. Needed and, a break. And I pivoted, and so far the pivot has been my most well-received. Well, where can people find you to look at any and all of these books that we've been talking about? You can find me at my website, which is www.markwatson.ca. That's M-A-R-C-W-A-T-S-O-N. And I look after that personally and update it as much as I possibly can. Make sure it's ca not .com. That's owned by another Mark Watson author who's a really nice guy, but he's not me. And, and doesn't he do like tech stuff? He does do tech stuff. It, I, I, the, I, 
the relationship between me and Mark Watson, middle-aged man of Florida, it, it's very, very interesting. And uh, we are two very different people. He and he is. I talked to him briefly years ago because I came across way too many similarities between him and I to just ignore right down to the fact that we have the exact same middle name, even spelled the same. Like it, James? Like it's Alan. Oh, so close. It's all so, of that era, right? James, Alan. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I, just, I was just like, I, I went to his website and I sent out an email. It's just like, I just want you, I'm not here to like try and ask for your website or anything like that. But these, this number of coincidences is way too weird. And we, we had an excellent little back and forth for a little while. And sounds like maybe a story. Maybe the best part about it is I found out that he is a engineer who designs thrill rides and he designed my favorite roller coaster in the entire world. No. And so like it's all these little kind of things and that was that was the thing that really I clicked. Really I was just feel like, that should be at least a short story. I've, and I've, and I've, I am looking forward to reading it. <laughs> the other Mark might have to write it. I don't know if it's going to be me. I I like basking in the absurdity of it, but I don't necessarily think that I can write the absurdity of it. it it's one of those moments where where real life has become far more creative and absurd than than what I think I so have this skill to It could to be nonfiction then. It could very well be. Once we both get a little bit more popular and then we really start to come to blows over who's mm. looking for what on Amazon, then, then maybe we will. Yeah. But, but, but speaking of that, you can find me on Amazon. Excellent. I have, so right now I have my two works that are available up there. So that's Death Dresses mm -hmm. Poorly is up there and oh, as well as the audiobook, obviously. And my Between Conversations, which is a great okay. jumping off point for anybody who wants to get into this Ryujin world, this this mm -hmm. science fantasy world I've created. And uh, as you said, on the 25th of May, I've got the reissue of Catching Hell. And you can also find me on Twitter at Wright Watson, W-R-I-T-E. Same on Instagram, which I'm less active in, but I'm there. And then you can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Mark Rodebook, all one word, M-A-R-C. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for letting us know about your projects. And I really am serious. I think that story needs to happen. And I will be stalking your Facebook, not the M-A-R-K one, but the M-A-R-C one, so that I can see when it's nope. coming out. We're, we're both C, we're both M-A-R-C. That's oh, what's that's made it harder. Yeah, we're both Mark Allen Watson, Ooh. which is very strange. I have another middle name and I was worried that he had that middle name as well, but he he didn't. Oh, that's ooh, where the similarities end. <laughs> right, that's good, that's good. Well, oh, yeah. thank you for joining me on the Writer's Showcase podcast, fantasy and science fantasy edition. And I look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you very much for having me. I had a great time. Wonderful. Have a great night. You too. This has been a Writer's Showcase podcast production copyrighted by the Authors on the Air Global Network. <laughs>